Yeah, I've got a completely redesigned room now, so I feel much more productive. Yeah. Oddly. Yeah. I think if I cleaned my room once in the past six months, I might I would feel like that too. Yeah, you might want to clean your room. <laughs> yeah. A little. It's an organized chaos. Yeah, you know where everything is. That's the important part. I know right there underneath that pile of clothes mm-hmm. and hangers is a couple of thumbtacks. That's safe. If I need them. That is so safe. And then under that pile, there is a bag of crystals. Um, a bag of crystals? Or a bag of lipsticks? A bag of crystals. I think the thunder has finally reached me. Woo! Took long enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some lovely. It's here too. We're gonna have some lovely, thunderous, ominous ambiance. And now, guys, gals, and non binary pals, the <laughs> weather. <laughs> <laughs> guys, gals, non binary pals, thank you for joining us today. I am Rachel. And I am Grace. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening to us. <laughs> uh, every week. You know, all four of you. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> Don't say that when I have wine in my mouth. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't know what's in your mouth. That's, that's going to burn when it comes out of my nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dokey. Um... You want to get into it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. Okay. Where are we today, Rachel? In the city that Americans cannot pronounce. Worcestershire? Yeah. Worcestershire. 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 Yeah, which I'm pretty sure I did not pronounce right. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Did you find the same YouTube video I found? Okay, Worcestershire. 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 And again, like I said, we are in the city that Americans cannot pronounce. Worcestershire. That too. Worcestershire, England. I thought you were being specific to where we are. Oh my god, I'm so dumb. Yes, we Louisvillians cannot say Worcestershire. This is why I need to focus when you're talking. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, we are in the Worcestershire, England. Again, Americans cannot pronounce it, and we deeply apologize. So, my sources are Wikipedia, Britannica.com, and TheSpruceEats.com. Nice. So, Worcestershire. I gotta do that little bob with it. Worcestershire is located in the western portion of the Midlands region, southwest of West Midlands, Mm -hmm. Metropolitan County. 
there are apparently six districts within the administrative county of Worcestershire. Worcestershire. <laughs> they are Bromsgrove, Malvern Hills, Wakavon. I did not pronounce that correctly. Mm-hmm. Moving mm-hmm. on. Wire first. Forest. <laughs> yes. Run, forest, run. <laughs> Wire Forest, the borough of Redditch, I love it, and Worcestershire. I thought you were going to say the borough of Reddit, and I was like, I've fallen down that <laughs> one before. Add a couple letters and you got it. Um, it also covers a whole lot of other counties outside of that, but Britannica did a solid three paragraphs with that information. Okay. That I was not going to copy. So, the first humans appeared in Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire? It's like rooster? Yeah, Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Area. In the Paleolithic period. So, you know, OG humans here. Even... Th- <laughs> what? Sorry. OG humans? OG humans. <laughs> Even through two ice ages, there had been a continuous settlement there. During the Iron Age, the area was filled with all sorts of hill forts. Hill forts? Yeah, hill forts. They called them hill forts. So, and during the Iron Age, I'm just imagining, like, tribes, like, set Mm. up on hills and defending, like, their sacred. I'm sure that's not actually what happened but that's what i feel like there's a lot of physical comedy in this podcast that people genuinely miss out on because we forget that people can't see us yeah and i'm just over here sitting here talking with my hands like like wildly just (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh and industrial activity including pottery and salt mining began during the anglo-saxon era worcestershire was apparently an important base for church power and learning. The earliest Anglo-Saxon settlers to the area were the Wiki? The Wiki tribe. How do you spell it? H-W-I-C-C-E. Or which... Hold on, what? H-W-I-C-C-E. Wicca. They're Wiccans. Witcha. Oh, it apparently means locker, chest, or trunk. Okay, back on topic. Sorry, did you figure it out? No, it, nothing, Googling, nothing tells me how to pronounce it. Oh, hold on. Wiki. Now, Wiki. I don't think that's it, but. Nope, that is not it. So, I like it should be witcha. Witchy. Wiki. Probably not. I don't know. We're going to go with the American pronunciation, Wiki. And yes, if if it is incorrect and it most likely is, please tell us how to pronounce it. The yes, the earliest Anglo-Saxon settlers to the area were the Wiki tribe Hmm. around the sixth century, and by six seventy nine, they had formed their own separate diocese with its seat at Worcestershire. No, Worcester. I'm just going to say Worcester. I'm going to go American. Worcester. This became a chief point in trade and military as well as the high religious power. The county of Worcestershire was officially formed in 9... 
18. Worcester, Rachel. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I, I am as... I'm not going to say I'm as American as it comes because I really am not, but... <sighs> words. <laughs> the monostatic movement apparently played a big role during the Middle Ages, and it is easy to tell this because of the many old churches and abbeys that are scattered around Worcestershire. Better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. The city of Worcestershire... I was going to say Rochester. <laughs> the city of Worcestershire was part of the Royalist front line during the Civil War, where a preliminary army led by Oliver Cromwell, which is instantly made me think of Halloween Town, mm-hmm. defeated Scottish armies and brought an end to the English Civil War, something they also do not teach you in public school, unless yeah, no. you live in England. During the Middle Ages, the county's economy relied heavily on wool trade, while the surrounding land was heavily wooded and used by the royals as hunting grounds. With the construction of canals and railways in the 18th and 19th centuries, the northernmost part of the county became part of the quickly expanding Birmingham. 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 This led to the heavy industrialization of coal farming and metal production. Today, agriculture is a major activity in Worcestershire. Fruit and veggie farming, as well as dairy farming, make up a large part of the industry. Also, fun fact, Worcestershire is an important producer of hops. So... If you like imported beer. Yep. The last little tidbit before... I was going to say before the things you can do here, but I did not add that. Last... (laughs) (laughs) Look, I was really ready to be done. Hey, I didn't even remember to do the history last week, so you're fine. All right, last little tidbit here, because as most Americans know, this is what you think of when you think Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce was founded... Yes, I heard that. It just keeps going. (laughs) Was founded in Worcestershire, England in 1835 by accident by a gentleman named Lord Sandys, who returned home to England from India. He apparently missed his favorite sauce from his, you know, time over there and commissioned drugstore owners John Leah and William Perrins to create the sauce as closely as they could. The two created the condiment as they were commissioned and kept some to sell in the store. Hmm. However, it had such a strong odor, being, you know, a fish and vegetable mixture, that they decided to store the sauce in the basement where it sat forgotten for two years oh two years it was discovered during a cleanup mission and thank goodness that someone looked at it and thought hmm this could be tasty <laughs> rather oh, wow, than this has been sitting in the cellar for two years let me <laughs> try it exactly it's like a fine wine um you know rather than just dumping it 
And since then, it has been a staple in most pantries. So. It's in mine. It is also in mine. Go smell white people cheese ball we make. (laughs) I put it on rice, but okay. (laughs) Look, it's really good if you don't have soy sauce. It's really good to put on top of rice. We always have soy sauce. We do not. (laughs) We run out. And that is Worcestershire, England. Nice. Nice. Noise. Noise. Wiki. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Guess that means it's my turn. Yes. By the way, side note, while I was researching my story, your story, your story for next week came up. (laughs) Or no, this week, this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, please. Uh, the whoosh. Chester, Worcester Commandery. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, at least I'm talking about mine before you, if you mention it. I don't. Okay. I wish I did, but I don't. You can bring it up if you remember it. Okay. Okay. So today I'm doing the Hagley Woods Mystery, or at a, as it's more commonly known, Who Put Bella in the Witch Elm? Woo! Oh. So my sources for today are oh. crime, <laughs> crimereads.com, Wikipedia, obviously, theunredacted.com, Atlas. Atlas <laughs> Atlas Obscura. Obscura. Oh. <laughs> Atlas Obscura, Mental Floss, uh, BirminghamMail.co.uk, and that's it. On the 18th of April, 1943, four teenagers named Robert Hart Thomas Willets, Bob Farmer, and Fred Payne decided to take their dogs poaching or bird nesting in an area of Hagley Wood that was part of the Hagley Hall estate owned by a Lord Cobham near Cobham. Witchbury Hill. I don't like so, it. You've <laughs> <laughs> heard like a single sentence and it's, I don't like that. So. This was during World War II, and the boys wanted to get away for two reasons. One, they were hoping to supplement their family's, like, small meat rations with a poached rabbit or two. And Hanky pink. No. Two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Two, there was the nightly German Luftwaffe's bombing raids, which um, is the was part of the German Air Force. Yeah. But... The raids were wreaking havoc on their hometown of Birmingham, so they're out there hoping not to be caught by the game master of the estate Mm -hmm. when they come across this large witch elm tree, which, which witch, it's named for its strange appearance, and they decide that'd be a great place to hunt bird's nests. Why? For the eggs. Well, no, but why that tree out of all the other trees? Because it was really big, and it had a lot of places where there could be bird's nests. So, 15-year-old Bob Farmer climbs the tree, and as he's climbing, he glances down into the hollow trunk, and he notices something white, and he's like, Heck yeah, I've hit the jackpot, let me get that bird's nest. But when he pulls it out, he realizes that it's a skull. So, okay, wait, he thought it was an egg? No, he thought, he just saw a flash of white. He couldn't see exactly what it was, so he pulled it out. 
So he was assuming that he was seeing a bird's nest, right? So when he pulls it out. I would not assume that with a flash of you, white. You, you will. Because A, it was dark at night. It could have been an egg. And also, you'll see. So at first he thought it was an animal skull until he noticed that there were clumps of human hair. That's the part that looked like the nest. Mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. No. So he saw clumps of human hair and crooked teeth protruding from its mouth. And he's like, oh, shit. So oh, shit. thinking they, yeah, <laughs> right? Thinking that they would get in trouble because they're on the land illegally, the boys do the perfect teenager thing that teenagers do. They decide to put it back, go home, and not tell anybody what they found. I'm so proud of the youths of yesteryear. I we can't judge them. Teenagers we make really dumb packs all the time. <laughs> so Yeah. One of the younger boys, um, whose sources say was either seventeen or thirteen, pretty sure it was thirteen. Probably. His name is Thomas Willets. He was he felt really uneasy about the whole thing and he decided to tell his parents, mm-hmm. thank God. Yes. The parents alerted police, and the next morning, detectives from the Worcestershire County Police and the nearby Birmingham Police Force were on the scene, along with a forensic expert named James Webster. Inside the tree, they found an almost complete human skeleton with a single size five and a half crepe sold shoe, a cheap imitation gold wedding ring, oh. and some fragments of clothing. Hmm. Yeah. Um,. The skull still had, obviously, the light brown hair and had a clear and distinct dental pattern, despite some missing teeth. After further investigation, the remains of a hand were found buried a hundred yards away, and the other matching shoe was nearby. Oh! No, just, just no. The pathologist's examination showed that it was... Uh, the body was of a female aged around 35 to 40 who had previously given birth to a child. Aww. It also showed that she had been dead for about 18 months. So the time of death must have been in or around October of 1941. Mm-hmm. He also discovered a section of taffeta lodged in her mouth, meaning that the most likely cause of death was asphyxiation. But- so obviously suicide and accidental death were ruled out. Uh, but I know you're going to get to it, but why was she inside the tree? We'll get there. Okay. So the measurement of the trunk that the body was found in was pretty small, leading them to believe that her body was placed in the trunk while the body was still warm. No. So, yeah, because, you know, like once rigor mortis kicks in, it would have been next to impossible without like breaking her bones. Yeah. So, the working theory was that she was killed nearby. Otherwise, the killer wouldn't have been able to transport her body to the tree before rigor mortis set in. Yes. (gasps) Cookies! I want a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Oatmeal cookie. Ooh. That looks nice. Bye. Bye. She can't hear me. I don't know why I'm saying it. Say it okay. loud enough, it'll come through, but it will also make it'll me hurt deaf. your ears. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The pathologist also said that it suggests local knowledge of the area because it was such a good place to conceal a dead body. That's like if those creepy. Boys, 
I know, but you gotta give it to whoever did it, because, like, they had to really know the area. They had to really know all the types of trees and all the trees in the area. Yeah, and there's another part about that, too, but, you know. Um, obviously, World War II kind of hampered the investigation, because, like, that's a lot to do with all at once. Mm-hmm. Police could uh, tell from the items found with the body what the woman looked like, but with so many people reported missing during the war, there were, like, the records were too vast for proper identification to take place. Oh, yeah. Because you had to think, people had to go missing in general, especially women back then. Right. So there's, like, obviously people who regularly go missing, a certain amount of people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But then on top of it, World War II, people disappear. So, they cross-referenced the details that they had with reports of missing persons throughout the region, but none of them matched. Mm. Like, none of them. They also contacted dentists all over the country since her teeth were, like, pretty distinct, but nothing came of that either. So, probably someone in a rural area who didn't really go into the city for, say, dentistry. That's that's potential, yeah. But um, the crepe sold shoes were traced to the Waterfoot Company mm-hmm. in Lancashire, and Lancashire, Lancashire. Doesn't matter. We knew someone with that name, <laughs> Lancaster, or maybe that's the Americanized no. version. No, it's like Lancashire, Lancashire. I'm gonna say it's Lancashire. Oh, so and not the, okay. No, yeah. So, and the investigators were able to find the owners of all but six pairs, which had been sold from a market stall in Dudley, Aww. a town about 11 miles from Birmingham. Oh, so that's, that's really sad. Yes. So, the case goes cold. Of course. And then, in 1944, graffiti appears on a wall in Upper Dean Street, Birmingham, that read, Who put Bella down the witch elm, Hagley Wood? What? Or, or there's some conflicting reports. Some say it said Bella, and others said who put Lou Bella down the witch elm. Well, regardless, who put Bella but, in the witch elm? Uh, and obviously, like, who the fuck is Bella? Yeah! Was this so, girl like, Bella? Oh my god. So, obviously, like, the name Bella, or Lou Bella, whichever one, suggested that the graffiti artist was probably either aware of the identity of the victim, Mm-hmm. Which means they just knew them or knew something about it, or they, or they were, were the, the killer, killer and were taunting police. Yes. Well, killer. That led investigators now down several new leads where they attempted to find out who Bella was. Okay. And other graffiti appeared too. At least since the 1970s, graffiti has appeared on the 200 year old Hagley Obelisk, which it's just, you know what an obelisk is, right? Yeah. So, somebody keeps on, like, tagging it, saying who put what Bella in the witch elm. And the weirdest part about it, though, is that it seems like every time that it gets put on there, it's the same handwriting. Really? Even weirder, it was most recently written on there in August, of, August 18th, 1999. Between 1944 and 1999, it was just randomly tagged in different places. Mm-hmm. All the way up to 1999. Like, that's crazy. And this originally happened in 94? 
When? Yeah. 41. When did this happen? When? 1941. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So okay. that's a really long time. Yeah. So apparently, here's theory time. So apparently the crime scene was similar to an ancient ceremony um, known as the Hand of Glory, which that's concerning. seems a bit conflicting to me because there was this anthropologist who said that it, there was a ancient ceremony known as the Hand of Glory. So for anybody who doesn't know, a hand of glory is the dried and pickled hand of a man who has been hanged. Either It's usually either the left hand or in the case of a man who was hanged for murder, mm-hmm. it's whichever hand was used to actually kill someone. I really don't like that. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, um, basically. I heard that. Holy shit. <laughs> basically. Um... Body fat is used to make the hand into a candle where the wicks are on the fingers. And it's supposed to be a really powerful occult item. Nope. Just nope. But I couldn't find anything in the story that actually related to the Hand of Glory. Because that hand that was buried like a hundred foot away, it was her hand. It was a woman's hand. She wasn't hung like... So it doesn't. It doesn't, it make doesn't match sense. up for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and on top of that, even if it was like a hand of glory, why would you bury it? Because they are really rare and very highly coveted by mm-hmm. people who believe in that shit. So I don't think they would just randomly bury it by somebody's body. No, 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 no. Not if you're involved in the occult at all. Right. So, um. I did find that there is an old, uh, ancient, obviously old, ancient, old, duh. Yeah. Ancient custom where you bury one of the arms of a witch 13. What the heck? <laughs> Some thunder. That's oh, so loud. That um, sounded like your brother, like, banging on the door. No, that was, that was thunder. Uh, oh. Um, there is an ancient custom to bury one of the arms of a witch 13 paces from their body. Okay. Which, 13 paces, I don't think that equals 100 yards. I I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. No, probably not. um, And then there's also the fact that it was a witch elm, which can also be important in the black arts. Mm Mm-hmm. And some people say it's interesting that the name used in the graffiti is Bella when Belladonna or Deadly Nightshade is often associated with with witchcraft too. Oh yes. So the case is cold, right? Until nineteen fifty-three, um, when there was a new theory. Mm-hmm. There had been several German spies who'd been captured in the UK, so people thought, what if she was a German spy? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this became, like, a real genuine lead for a lot of people because so much of it seemed to fit. Mm-hmm. The Wolverhampton Express and Star received a letter from someone who identified herself only as Anna of Claverly. She claimed to have information on the identity of Bella and was interviewed by a journalist, Wilfred Byford Jones. And according to Anna, Bella was a member of a Nazi spy ring seeking information about the location of local munitions factories... That could then be targeted by the German Luftwaffe. 
I'm I'm sure it's a real thing, but Nazi spying just sounds so at outlandish. It it does sound so outlandish, but like it was way more common than you think. Yeah. So, like, because that was something that people genuinely did was that they sent in spies so they could find munitions factories so that they could bomb the shit out of them so they wouldn't be able to fight back. Anna, the person who wrote the letter, was later identified as Una Mossop, and she alleged that her RAF pilot husband, Jack Mossop, worked at a munitions factory in the early 1940s, and he had come into some money after meeting a mysterious Dutchman <laughs> who the only name given was Van Ralt. He he later admitted to her that Van Ralt was a Nazi agent and that he had been passing him info about munitions in the area which was then passed to another agent posing as a cabaret performer at local theaters. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One day, Jack supposedly met Van Ralt at a pub close to Hagley Woods where he was arguing with a a Dutch woman. Van Ralt ordered Jack to drive them out to the Clint Hills, but the argument was so violent that Van Ralt apparently ended up strangling the Dutch woman in the car, and Jack was afraid for his life, so he helped Van Ralt hide her body in the hollow of an old tree. Van Ralt's a dick. (laughs) Well... There's another version of this story which claims that Jack Mossop and Van Ralt had just been drinking with Bella in a local club, and she became drunk and passed out, and the two men then placed the woman in the tree to teach her a lesson. A a lesson? And then when she awoke, she wasn't able to climb out, and she died. But a lesson in what? For how drunk she got. Okay, but you... Logically... Rachel. You do not place a drunk person in a tree. I would not want to be placed in a tree in the current condition that matter. I'm in. I know, but... It doesn't matter because it doesn't explain the taffeta stuffed inside her mouth, and even the one where he strangled her doesn't match. That's true. I forgot about the taffeta. So... No one is sure which of these stories was actually reported to the newspaper because the truth of what was reported had been, has been lost over time. Mm-hmm. But it's been proven that Jack Mossop died in 1941 after being institutionalized at oh. St. George's Hospital in Stafford because uh, it was before Bella's body was discovered. Yeah. But it was after she had died. Died, Or after yeah. the time that they thought. So, like... She had died, and he had been institutionalized probably within a few months. Yes. Yeah. He allegedly suffered a mental breakdown because of reoccurring nightmares of Bella's skull stuffed inside the tree, and he kept on having nightmares of a woman looking out at him from a tree. Oh, yeah. He did it. Well, either way, this guy Van Ralt was never found, and the investigators considered Mossop's testimony to be nothing more than hearsay. Bullshit. Well, this all explanation was also questioned because Una Mossop didn't come forward with this information until more than ten years after Jack Mossop's death. Which at first, at first I could kind of understand, but at the same time, if I found out that someone that I loved was a fucking Nazi and then they helped hide a woman's body, I would have gone to the police immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I, mm, yeah, yep. Yeah. 
Like, instantly. One hundred percent. No matter how much I love you. Exactly. Like, if I... mm, No. Like, I make jokes all the time where, like, like, I'm really loyal. Like, I'll help you hide a dead body. (laughs) Um, not in that case. Sorry, bud. Mm Mm-mm. Another... Okay, so there were some declassified MI5 files that seemed to give some weight to the spy theory. Okay. The files revealed information concerning a German spy named Josef Jacobs, who was discovered after breaking his ankle while parachuting into Cambridgeshire in 1941. Josef Jacob. After Jacobs' arrest, a creased photograph of the... A, a glamorous German actress and cabaret singer, Clara Balrog. Um, so a photograph of her was found in his pocket, and he told interrogators that she was his lover and that she was a spy in training. A spy in training. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that's the title. A spy in a training. Spy, <laughs> a I, I like spy it. in so, training. According to Jacobs... She had parachuted, or could have parachuted, into the West Midlands in 1941 and disappeared. Oh. Yeah. She, uh, he was never able to shed any more light into her fate, um, because, because he was the last man executed by firing squad in the Tower of London, and, um... No, I mean, obviously he probably deserved it, but... Yeah. Um, however... It is certain that Clara could not have been Bella for um, the simple reason that she was too tall. <laughs> I mean, she was. That's a good reason. She was nearly six feet tall, and Bella was five feet tall. I was gonna that's say, girl, I, I wish I had your height. You're about six inches taller than me. <laughs> Well, she she was fi- like five ten. Oh, oh, okay. So not quite. She's like two inches taller than me. Yeah, she's Three like inches. close to six, but not too far away from. Me. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, good. 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 Also, in twenty sixteen, it was discovered that Clara Barul, <laughs> Barul <laughs> that Clara had died in a Berlin hospital in December of nineteen forty two, after, after um. The body of Bella was found. Oh. In, so, not Bella. Definitely not. In 2014, BBC Radio 4 broadcast a program that suggested that Bella may have been a sex worker. Because according to police files, a sex worker named Bella, who worked the streets around Hagley Road, had disappeared in 1941, which would no. fit the timeline of events. No, that's sad. It's all sad, Rachel, so... I, I mean, yes, it is all well, sad. Well, actually, if she was but... a Nazi, I really wouldn't have been that sad. Okay, but... valid. Valid. Locals said that a group of, um, who they called gypsies, um, had camped out in the vicinity of Hagley Woods during 1941, and they suggested that Bella was one of them and had been killed by a member of her own community, which is very shitty. That is... There was, also there was no concrete evidence to support any of these claims, so the case was never solved. However, in 2017, forensic anthropologist Caroline Wilkinson was approached by a father, what 
by father-son authors Alex and Pete Merrill to see if she might be able to reconstruct a digital depiction of the victim's face using photographs of her skull. Oh, was she able to do it? Yes. That's awesome. I wanted to show it to you because um, it's kind of haunting. Like, it's genuinely hard for me to look at it. I don't know if I want to look at it then. Oh no. I don't know why, but I it's very hard for me to look at her face. Um, because the way that they have it set is that, I mean, she looks really young. Well, she was between 35 to 40. Shh. Mm. I think this is the picture that really younger. got me, though. This one? That's uh-huh. the picture that really got me. Like, I can't... I don't know why. I think I think it's the eyes. How, like, lifelike the eyes are. Yeah. And probably it, the nose. The nose doesn't help. I don't know. It's just... It gets me. So, anyway. It's not likely that a lot of people alive today would recognize her picture, but the public is urged to look through their family collections of photographs. Yeah. And see if see she if might they, be in the... Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also may or may not be asking yourself, I don't know, you're pretty drunk. Um, <laughs> why did they ask her to reconstruct her face using photographs of the skull? To be fair, I was not questioning that because to me it just kind of makes sense. Well, wouldn't you want to use the real one? If it's in a different part of the world, not necessarily because you don't want to lose the hard mm. evidence. No, the reason that they didn't use the skull is because both the skull and the autopsy report have been lost by police. Oh, lovely. Yeah. That's, hmm. <laughs> it had been housed in Birmingham in uh, Birmingham Forensics Lab and then moved to the police city base Tally Ho on the Pershore Road. But from there, there's no documentation on its whereabouts. Yeah. Cool. So, Which, kind of like my story in... Where was that? With the family who got beaten to death and their fa- and their heads were given to the mediums. The mediums. Oh, the medium. Yeah. Hinterkaifeck. Yes. Um, so people love the mystery surrounding this case. Like, she was hidden in a tree. Her hand was severed and buried. There were possible ties to witchcraft, like possible Nazi spies. And, and now her skull and autopsy report are just gone, which yeah. adds another level of mystery to it. Yeah. Which like goes on just, and on with the possibilities. That's just very concerning in general. But also, yeah. it it reminds me of the the raccoon or the foxhound dog that got stuck in a tree chasing a raccoon up it it's just very disturbing image which is what i'm seeing the entire time that was actually one thing um somebody was like well what if she just like was being chased and climbed in there herself but the way that it was it would not have been easy for somebody to climb in there and yeah Go down. It's not easy to climb in. Getting stuck is a different thing, but to climb in is... Right. Yeah. But, um... That was my story. I don't like that. (laughs) I do not like that in the least. 
So yeah. Um cool 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 cool. So okay, so what's your story? My story is actually two in one. Two short stories. Because Crazy. because finding um <laughs> any sort of research on apparently anything wush in Worcestershire 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 I guess the people of Worcestershire admit that there's a lot of haunted places but you cannot find a whole lot of information even the churches even the churches like I easily went through like I normally do about four or five pages of Google and Dang. all the same stuff two. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the first story is the Worcestershire Commandery, or if you are American like me and Grace, the Worcester Commandery. I do have to admit, the entire time I was typing this, I kept writing out Winchester by accident. What? <laughs> but yeah, I guess I had Supernatural on the mind, but... Anyway, my sources. Jeez, okay, Mother Nature. Is that thunder? That is thunder. It sounds like something going. Yeah, that's thunder. Okay, so my sources are malverngazette.co.uk, frightnightswork.co.uk. BirminghamMail.co.uk, WorcesterNews.co.uk, Wikipedia, MysteriousBritain.co.uk. There's a lot of .co.uk's. There's a lot of everything. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, and look, I actually had, um, before I narrowed it down to the sources that I used, I had about 20 websites oh. Yeah, that I was looking at. Unfortunately, huh? I was going to say, I have started opening up a bunch of tabs and then going through and finding the information that I want and then like going back through and being like, I didn't even use this website. Let me just X that out and I won't use that and then go. And that's exactly what I did. I used the websites that I used for the necessary information that wasn't included on other websites. Hi, Tulip. Oh, Tulip. Hold on. Tulip. Hey. Okay. Tulip. Tulip. I love her. We have a new mascot, guys, because my cat has decided that she prefers the outside world to my bedroom. Um, This is my sister's cat named Tulip, and she is a cute little polydactyl. She's got thumbs. She's so sweet. She is such Uh. a cutie pie. Okay. So, very little is known about the history of the commandery. 
It is believed that the building was founded as a hospital in around 1085 by St. Wolfstan. Oh, it's a building. Yeah, it's a building. Um, I don't know why I assumed it was like a, a ghost militia or some shit. It is totally a ghost militia. I mean... Okay, so St. Wolfstein was the Bishop of Worcester. Okay, but not Worcestershire, Worcester. Um, so, although the building itself was apparently built around an old Saxon chapel that was dedicated to St. Goodwald? Goodwald? How's it spelled? G-U-D-W-A-L. Goodwald. When sure. Yes. When first built, it was situated just outside of the city walls at a junction of the main roads between London, Bath, and Bristol. It is believed that it was built with travelers in mind for this reason. Another theory is that the hospital was built to mark the canonization I'm too drunk to say that word. Canonization. Okay. Of St. Wolfstein in 1203. This would, of course, change the history completely if this was the case. So I would like to think that the later is canon. Like. Was that thunder? Yeah, that was thunder. Okay. Yeah. The name Commandery proves that the Knight Hospitaller. Hospitaller. <laughs> Look, the knights mm-hmm. of the Order of St. John of Jerusalem could have been the founders of the building. This is due to the fact that their administrative districts were often located outside of the city. Apparently, several other buildings have been found that share the same name and still actually hold it today. So, like, there are multiple buildings that hold the oh. name Commandery. Oh, okay. Yes. But there is also a belief that the Knights of Templar could have founded the Commandery in... Well, could have founded the Commandery. Really? Yep. In 1312, properties of the Knights of Templar were transferred to the Order of Hospitaller? Hospitaller? Sure, yeah. However you want to pronounce it. This was done by papal decree and served as a sort of merger between the two rival orders, Hmm. which I never knew that they were rival orders, so fun fact. There is also... um, so much conflicting information about how this place was founded and made. Like, it's literally all speculation at this point. Oh, okay. What were you saying? I feel like this is... No, I was saying, so it's like... So nobody knows the actual, like... No. Okay. No, no one knows the actual anything. The only thing that is known for sure is that it was a, is that it was a hospital. 
Okay. So the actual first written evidence of this is the tale of Thomas Eldersfield. He was apparently cared for at this hospital after being castrated and blinded by his opponent in a duel. This is what you get. This is what you get for having duels, guys. You get blinded and castrated. Don't do it. They don't put that in Hamilton. No, they don't. In another record from 1294, there were 22 people listed as sick in the infirmary who were all. I mean, um, they were sick. However, by the 14th century, the hospital became less about helping and healing the sick and elderly elderly, and became more about profit. Of course. There are several records of the hospital granting food and shelter for life in return for the person's assets. Like, like the church would grant food and shelter for life for the person if they literally sold their homes, sold all of their possessions, everything. That is so fucked. To the church, yeah. Then in 1441, Bishop Boucher, I hope so, of Worcester. Worcester. Pronouncing bourgeoisie. Pretty much. Uh, Actually, no. Began questioning the ethics of the hospital and banned the practice of giving shelter to people for their assets. Okay, I'm very sorry. Whatever it is, Pastor Bougie or whatever. Thank you, Bishop Bouchier. (laughs) Bishop. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Bougie. Fuck. (laughs) Yes, Pastor Bougie. Thank you, Pastor Bougie. Sorry. Um, <laughs> at this point, the hospital was restricted to handing out a weekly portion of bread to the poor and caring for the sick. Like, nothing else. This is all they could do. Wow. So, this structure remained in place until it was dissolved in 1540 by Henry VIII. After this, it held a lot of roles in the community but nothing really went into what it did um okay yeah so so maybe just like a random community center or something like that pretty much i mean other other than you know religious churchy stuff what most churches are a community center yeah so where am I Okay. One theory is that after the dissolution of the hospital, um the master of the hospital, Richard Ooh, how do you pronounce his name? Morrison Morrison? Sure. Profited greatly because he was granted ownership of it for the small price of only fourteen pounds. What? Yep. That that's it yep but also 14 14 pounds in 1540 is still a lot yeah okay but also 14 pounds as opposed to like 100 pounds back then which is what i would assume most places would probably go for i i'm not entirely sure about that tell you what a house would go for these days so much less the 
1500s. For what I want, about 200,000. A second theory says that um, Mr. Morrison actually donated the, the hospital to Christ Church in Oxford. So, regardless of who actually owned it at whichever point, it was then leased to a gentleman by the name of Thomas Wilde, who then bought the commandery in 1548 for only 498 pounds. Wow. Yes. It was then held in the Wilde family until 1785. On to the ghost. <laughs> Apparently, there are many ghosts, but the most famous is that of the Duke of Hamilton. And the Duke lived at the commandery for a period, but was seriously injured during the Battle of Worcester. Wow, it all comes back to Hamilton. It really does. It's it's rough, the Hamilton life, man. <laughs> okay. Um, he Okay, so the Duke of Hamilton was carried back to the commandery after, you know, he was injured in battle. Mm-hmm. But he later died from his injuries. Oh. He was then buried under the floor of the building... Before being moved to the Worcester Cathedral. Um, so, enough like to make... so many more options before you get to under the floor. Right. Like, so many more. Right. Right. His spirit is said to haunt the, first of all, Solar Room. Uh, That's such an awesome name. Yeah. Um... Also, I don't fucking blame him. If somebody buried me in the floor for a little bit, I'd get mad, oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Visitors have also felt a strange presence there. Hmm. One story tells of a man who arrived in... It just said, the room. The there room. are multiple rooms, but the <laughs> room... Most places are multiple rooms. <laughs> In the commandery early for a meeting. However, he quickly left and he was unable to explain what happened, but he vowed he would never go back. Okay. Something spooked him. Mm-hmm. Doors often will close and open by themselves. Card displays will just spin and spin and spin there are frequent shadow figures and even the occasional disembodied foot (laughs) (laughs) okay so Uh, uh, i was i was a little spooked with the uh, shadow figures not gonna lie uh disembodied foot (laughs) okay so Commandery Interpretations Assistant Carol Campbell saw a disembodied foot coming down the stairs one day while it was, you know, mid-step. I just imagine that in my head, and it's like, poop, poop. Here, 
let's give a little more detail that also adds to just adds to it the shoe was a mustard yellow color (laughs) i don't know why i just imagined like a bare foot okay no 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 like foot in shoe mustard color shoe of all things it was mustard Um, on the stair with a ghost (laughs) <laughs> mustard on the stair with a ghost yes that is how he died um no but actually the mustard yellow was actually very popular during the tudor times oh yeah so that kind of adds to the fact that it's a haunting not an actual person <laughs> oh i don't think it would be an actual person either way if it's just a foot no yeah um, okay, so Carol also has had a lot of experience with the shadow figures. They are apparently the most common experience in all of the commandery. They can usually be seen gliding across the minstrel's gallery in the Great Hall, sorry, and across doorways. Mm. So while this is weird, What's even weirder as what's even weirder is that this happens in broad daylight. No. Yeah. So when I mean when you think ghost, you think like it's at least dark. Yeah. It might not like be the middle of the night, but it's dark. Three. No, yeah. this is broad daylight, like noon, and it's happening. So okay, one day while Carol Campbell, who was that one of the interpreters. Mm-hmm. was in the great hall waiting for a school class field trip she saw a shadow open a door that was locked oh it entered the room then closed the door behind it she claimed that she heard and saw the latch move which concerning mm-hmm. um but when she went to check the door it was still locked like, it had uh, never been opened. Maybe they locked it back. They locked it back. Very possible. Um, another interpretations assistant, Carrie Whitehouse, was in the Hamilton room when a small stone appeared out of nowhere and hit her in the leg. Oh. Abuse. <laughs> <laughs> in that same room, an old clock that used to be on the mantelpiece would fly off of it, just launch itself across the room. Oh, no thanks. Yeah, before they finally decide to move it. Um, They have also seen a, they said, cowled figure gliding across a landing. So, like, think hunched over hooded, yeah. And people have heard chanting monks, monks. Monk. Chanting monks from a <laughs> a haunted cupboard in the place. Okay. Just one cupboard. <laughs> Maybe that's where they like to hide. That's where that is definitely where they like to hide. It's a it's a nice place to get centered, meditate. Yes, yes, it is. Um, okay. And at one point, a psychic came in and said that there was a young Victorian girl ghost who was still there, whose name was Daisy. 
This was only confirmed more when during one tour of the commandery, a young girl could see and was speaking to a little girl who she said was named Daisy. Ooh. When no one else in the entire tour party could see the girl. Hmm. That's psychic. Paid that little girl. No, no, no. (laughs) Sure. Sure, sure. Um... And unfortunately, that is all I could find about the commandery, but we're going to move on to my second... It's still really spooky, though. It is. I love it. Um, But we're going to move on to my second three-paragraph story, um, which is The Haunting of Harvington Hall. Sources. Facebook. Atlas Obscura. (laughs) Obscura. Okay. HarvingtonHall.co.uk, Wikipedia, and GhostStudy.com. Harvington Hall is this absolutely amazing and beautiful manor that was built in the 1580s by a devoutly Catholic man by the name of Humphrey Packington. Go a little more British, Humphrey Packington III. No, not really. Um, during this time, practicing Catholics were highly persecuted. Mm. It was punishable by imprisonment or death. So it was very common for homes or businesses to have things called priest holes, which, (laughs) no, that's a horrible name for it. That's the worst glory hole I've ever heard of. <laughs> okay, but a priest hole is a small hiding hole mm-hmm. where priests would go to hide within the practicing family's house in case of raids by, you know, the queen's officials. It's a lot better than it sounds. It is, yes. And, I mean, decent sized, I mean, not the best. I mean, it's really but awful that they had to do that, but still better absolutely. than it sounds. Absolutely. Priest but there are seven of these priest holes within the manor (laughs) that are thought to have been the work of Nicholas Owen. Um, And for those who want to do a little research into him, he is actually most famous for these little hiding cubbies. I mean, really, that's what they are. priest holes. Yes, the priest holes. (laughs) No, sorry, I'm a fucking child. (laughs) Another cool aspect about this property is it also made, quote, intense inspection, unquote, of the property very difficult. Oh. There's a moat. A moat? A moat and a lake that surround three sides of the property. So think moat, lake, moat nice yes which obviously made it super hard because there's only one way in one way out yeah one owner of the building was a mistress mary hicks she is said to be the spirit who can be seen walking the halls of the manor it is also said that she has appeared at the crossroads outside of the park where it is rumored she was hung for practicing witchcraft she's a crossroads demon that's what she that is. She is a crossroads demon. I'm glad you know where my mind went. <laughs> Two it's other... literally crossroads. Crossroads. Yes. Yes. 
Um, two other figures are also seen in the manor. An old man with a pipe and a woman dressed in Victorian clothes. Mm, that's always Victorian clothes. Oh, freaking Victorian. What is with the Victorian period? And that is where we get most of our spirits. I think we just think of it as a highly spiritual time. So there are a couple of more supposedly haunted places in Worcestershire. But Worcestershire. You had it right. I was just messing with you. Worcestershire. But... Look, I was having a really hard time finding any sort of information or just in general information on the hauntings or suspected ghosts. So I'm just going to end my story there. That's okay. So, and I deeply apologize to listeners for it. If if you have any Worcestershire haunting stories. (laughs) What? Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Please, 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 please let us know. Yeah, that'd be cool. I liked the one that you did. I enjoyed and it, too. And the second one was cool. I liked the moat thing. And the priest holes was interesting. <laughs> and the priest holes. <laughs> but Amazing. still, but still, Pure you know. Comedy gold. Okay. Whew. Oh, um, I was going to tell you during your story, um, Melody... We've been listening to the same podcast, so we've been hearing some really creepy stories. Yeah. And she woke up one night and went to the bathroom and saw, like, a shadowy figure, but she just... Thunder. That's not thunder. Fireworks. Okay, what you're hearing in the background is going to be fireworks. I fucking hate them. It's fine. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so Stay Melody, up. Melody saw a shadow figure when he went, when she went to the bathroom the other night, but she didn't think anything of it because she thought it was just like a shadow or something. But then when she went back to the bathroom like an hour or two later, it wasn't there anymore. That's concerning. Yes. Also, I uh, wrote down Rachel Hermione hair. Your hair looks like Hermione's. Thank you. It's only because it's so big and frizzy. <laughs> yeah. Um. I didn't write it down, but I'm I meant to write down like. Book one, Hermione. <laughs> Not in like the texture wise, because her hair was fucked up, but it's it because was, it's big and frizzy. It's just big, yes. Yeah, it's big. It's yeah. It makes it even worse when I pull it out and just yeah. That's when it was like that earlier. I was like <laughs> Hermione. Yes, but then I also, smooth it back. Also, we don't stand J.K. Rowling anymore because she's a turf. I forgot to mention that like two episodes ago, but we're just going to say that. Yes, yes. But also, I will always love Harry Potter. Just ignore her. <laughs> I, can't re- I can't believe Britney Spears wrote Harry Potter. Crazy. Oh my um, god. Britney Spears is the queen. Free Britney. Pr- yes, yes. You say free Britney? Yeah, you don't know about that? No. It's a whole, like, thing, like, about her. You, we'll talk about it later. Okay. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Myths and Misfortunes. Or Twitter at Miss Misfortunes. Or you can just search for us using our full name, Myths and Misfortunes. We pop up, you know. That's probably the easiest. You can also send us an email to mythsandmisfortunes at gmail.com. 
Fucking do it. Sorry. (laughs) We need emails, guys. Please, 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 please. We would love to have a listener's episode once or twice a month. So please send us your emails. Or Um, any funny jokes you got. (laughs) That too. We will probably read jokes on air. I'll do it. Um, Also, visit us at our website, Mm mythsandmisfortunes.com. Our theme music was composed by McKean Fulbright, and our art was created by Heather Marie Atkins. Their websites can be found in the description below. Also, they are awesome. Please check them out. Yes. Do it. Do Uh, it. And also, things to do, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Even if it's like a three star. Heck, even a one store. (laughs) A one store? (laughs) A one One store. store. Give me me one store, please. No, okay. Um... Yes, just we'd appreciate it. Any, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts, be it yeah. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, I don't think you can rate on Spotify, but wherever. No yeah. Um, <laughs> Castbox, um, Pocket Cast, whatever. Wherever anything. you are listening to us, please rate, review, subscribe. Do it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Goodbye. Bye bye.